Alright. So I figured we could go one by one and kind of talk about what we do. Um, and um, let's start with Greg, since Greg's first on the list. Okay. Um, I make uh, free RPGs and spend a ton of time on Google Plus talking about RPG games. So that's it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> okay. Josh? Uh, yeah, my name is Josh Owen. I've been gaming online since about 2005, so back... Back then it was mostly IRC, so I've been gaming since text chat, and I've gone to open RPG, and then there's been all kinds of virtual tabletops I've played since then. So it's been my primary method of gaming for a while, and because I love it so much, I decided to create Tabletop Forge when Google Plus came out. So it's a virtual tabletop that lets people roll dice inside of a hangout. Hey, is it Kyle? Right? It's Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> Kyle. Okay. Yeah, my name's uh, Kyle Chenier. I uh, run a Tumblr called Dungeons and Donuts. It's filled with a whole bunch of D&D-related comics, tools, templates, uh, basically anything you need to sort of get games up and running. Um, I run D&D Fourth Edition games over Google Plus, and it's generally awesome. I can vouch for that. Sean, your turn. Okay, um, as far as gaming goes, I basically just run games. I don't do anything on the creative end, unfortunately. But I do run a ton of games on Google+, and have been doing so for the past year or so. Cool. For myself, I'm, I'm Stacy. obviously. I run three games weekly, um, two um, Changeling games for World of Darkness, and one is another World of Darkness game, except it's old World of Darkness for Vampire. Um, and I play probably two or three a week, depending on how many I actually get into. And I used to, I've been gaming online for a very long time. I used to run mushes and muxes, and so if you think of IRC with a little bit more of an overhead, that's, that's what you've got in mush land. Um, I ran a couple of them. And um, that's about it for me. Zach's turn. Uh, I think I might have played in one of the first Google Plus Hangout games ever. Uh, I have a blog called Playing D&D with Porn Stars, which is about that. Uh, and I got on at 2 a.m. one day and was like, is anybody awake? And uh, this was last summer, and somebody was like, I am, and they're in Italy. And so we said, let's try out this Google Plus and see if we can run a game on it. Um, and it was shortly after it had come out. Um, and ever since then, I've been playing in lots of different games. Uh, with lots of different people in the Google Plus community, um, and I've been running. I run D and D sometimes. I run Marvel superheroes sometimes. Uh, I sometimes will make up a game and then run it that hour just to see how it goes uh, with whoever happens to be online. And I have a regular home game, uh, and I have players who fly uh, places a lot in airplanes. So I often have people. Uh, Google Plus into the regular game so that they, you know, the, the party isn't uh, broken up. So it'll be like five real people and one Jetson uh, in the game. Awesome. Does do any of you use tools like Tabletop Forge? I use it, I use it in every game. Or I have. Uh strictly been using Twiddler since the beginning and haven't really gone much past that due to hardware limitations on my computer, but I've actually found with the old school type games that Twiddler is not. Yeah, Twiddler.com is just a program where you can, uh, basically anybody in the hang, anyone can start it, you don't need a, um, 
an account, and anyone in the Hangout can draw on a picture that's in the middle. Um, so it's good for mapping and diagrams. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like a whiteboard, uh, a public whiteboard thing you can work on. It has a built-in die roller also. Oh, awesome. So it's like more of a lightweight kind of thing for when you're just going to be... Very, uh, very easy to use and pick up. Yeah. And actually, that was, James that was maybe within the first like couple weeks there, Google Plus that someone came up, the Twiddla actually had all that stuff. I can't remember yeah. exactly. I think it was the guy. The guys at the Mule Abides uh, blog seem to have figured that out pretty early on. Um, and also, it has a die roller embedded, and it, so it's allegedly for meetings. But I think that the developers actually actually developed it to play D and D because it has a grid <laughs> on it, like it has an yep. embedded graph paper, and it has embedded die roller. So, you know, unless they were doing a lot of physics with the, uh, you know, two D grids. Well, I mean, international online sort of board or business meetings and everything, I mean, they eventually devolve into games of D&D. That's just how it works. <laughs> so eventually. Um, I use... I've used a lot of things. I mean, Tabletop Forge is a fantastic program. Um, it's... Because I run 4th edition, so that's got a lot of sort of heavy tabletop stuff. Um, tabletop Forge is a great program. Um, I've also had really good success with Roll20, it's a little more streamlined as well. Um, one of the great things about Google Plus is it's got a, a screen share feature. So basically, if like if you just draw or find a map online, or you just have something you want to show the people in the Hangout, just choose screen share. If you have it on your screen, everybody can see it. People are asking for um, links to tools. Okay, well, there's a, I'm going to put one in the chat. Uh, this is Twiddla, and it's just twiddla.com. Screen share is on the Google Plus thing, so it's just as soon as you boot up a Google Plus Hangout, screen share is on the upper left. And it works like this. You can also upload files to Twiddla, like a PDF for a JPEG or something like that that'll pop up on the main screen, and you can draw on top of that as well. Twiddla.com. The only problem with Twidla now I am a book. Uh, you are a book. Because I pressed I pressed the screen share button and that window is open on my computer. So it just lets you pick any window that you have open otherwise on your computer instead of your head. Um, I use it for I mean, NPC screen caps all the time. Yeah, I mean at the moment I am my awesome Tumblr site, uh, which you can find online and so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, that's screen share. You can choose between pretty much any screen you have open. And um, you can show your players pretty much anything you want. Fantastic feature of Google+. Plus. Yeah. Fortunately, you can't draw on it or anything like that. That's one of the things you I like. Actually, you can. It shows exactly what's happening in that window. So if you go, if I go over to a window and, I, and it's in a, a word processing program and I start typing, it'll show me typing. Even if I just if I'm playing a video game in that window, it'll show me playing the game. So you can actually do it to do like a John Madden thing with dungeon. Like you're here, you're here. The the goblin is here. Um, so you can actually do that. Yeah, I've opened up files in Photoshop like that and screen shared the Photoshop window, and then you can move move stuff around. And the great thing about that is, if you're using a graphics program like Photoshop, you can have icons and things that you're moving around as as just graphic items within that program. 
Well, that's awesome because I haven't ever um, thought of using it that way because, um, thank you, that's more like it. That's what I want. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but, but my ability, the, the, the most important thing that I've ever wanted to do is to be able to just move things around and to be able to draw pictures and stuff like that. But there was a suggestion that I saw on a Google Plus post to log in from, and I've never done this before, but log in from two different devices into the same Hangout so that you can screen share on one device and on the okay. other device you can actually have your, your face and you can talk like that. I assume if you had two devices. Yeah, it lets you. I've done that before. Can you do that on the same computer? Have you ever tried that? No, it won't let you from the same computer. Even with two different browsers, it won't let you. Lame. <laughs> okay, so let's answer questions. Um, Greg got a couple from his post. The first one is suggestions for working with the mechanics and the rules. I tend to do homebrew or heavily modified, so I've been worried about running generally or opening it up. So I guess how do you get your house rules to the individual players so that they know exactly what they need to do prior to building up their characters. Um, if you're if you're giving them if they're making their own characters, then I suggest making a character creation document that's really simple because in almost every game, with the possible exception of Call of Cthulhu, character creation uh, section of a game sucks anyway. Uh, so if it's new to them, just be like, step one, do this. Step two, do that send them that document. For any rules that aren't essential for character creation, I would say just figure it out as you go along. Like, that's what I do. I don't. I mean, that's what you do in your game, right, Stacy? Yeah, for the most part. I, I, my house rules, I don't actually have any documents that, that, that show my house rules. I usually deal with them as they come up, that, those kind of things. But I've known people who have also created documents to, in order to do that. I use Google Drive for all my docs so that I can share them pretty exactly. easily. There's, there's quite a few people who use pages that way in Google. So they'll they'll create a page for their campaign, and the campaign will have all the all the stats on the primary post for that page, and that that way it's all accessible to anybody. And, and one thing to do too is you could just have one-on-one -on -one hangouts with your players before your campaign even starts. Explain it to them over a hangout, and, and you know you can create the character with them if that helps, depending on the system. I mean, there's really there's there's two different kinds of games. There's one where you get on and you just want to play a game with somebody else online, and you can organize that in a lot of ways to kind of get your information into their head up to their tolerance. And then there's games with people you already know where you just happen to be playing online. Um, so I assume we're talking about the first one. Yeah. Um, and in yeah. a lot of cases with the first one, I prefer not to get the rules first because then that makes it seem like I need to know them. Um, and, you know, I've, I mean, I, when we're talking about a game online, I'll be like, this game sounds stupid, and someone else goes, no, it's really good, and they're like, we'll play it, and then we play it an hour later. And in that situation, like, I don't want to read the book first. The whole point of doing the Hangout is to find out the rules, so, um, and, and that works surprisingly well. Like, I've played a, a, some very rules-heavy games, like, uh, like Burning, Burning Wheel, without knowing the rules at all. You know, mm -hmm. um, if you can GM decently, you can probably explain rules as they come, unless they have to be in character gen. And I really don't recommend saying, "Here, read these three pages before you play my game." Uh, it as, unless you've got buy-in already and they're your friends. You know, I'd rather figure it out as we go. 
Yeah, getting people to read things can be extremely tricky. <laughs> a lot of that might be alleviated if you're right there in a one-on-one -on -one hangout like Josh was talking about, because I've walked through Ars Magica character creation with somebody on a hangout with just us, and it would have been very hard to walk that person through in just text conversation, because Ars Magica is a very complex system. So... We were able. He was able to ask me questions and get instant feedback and kind of talk out some ideas. That was really important. It would not be an issue at all if we were playing original D and D or something that simple of a chassis. But I mean, if it's a complex game and the person's already like seventy-five percent there, and you can be there for that last bit that they're struggling with. I may or may not know somebody who had to do that quite a bit for his Shadowrun game. <laughs> I find on my end just sort of the simpler the better. I mean, like, I made a quick four-page character creator for 4th edition because making a 4E character in a short amount of time is next to impossible. Um, like, it's just, it's a huge mess. But, um, so I made a quick document, and um, if learning the rules of the, like, if you're playing a really rules-heavy game, or if uh, there's a lot that really goes into character creation beforehand, have some pre-generated characters. Like, if people don't really care a tremendous amount about, like, investing really heavily in their characters and stuff, have some pre-gens. Just say, hey, uh, use this character. You got, like, uh, three or four to choose from. Uh, send it as a document. Uh, it'll save a lot of time if you're getting people joining, like, at the last minute, which sometimes happens. <laughs> also, if, you, if you're playing old school, there's a, there's, if you have a link to the auto character generator, that's good. Um, or something else online that has the resources for your game. Just having that handy. Which is the best. You know, if you're playing any game, you, uh, you use that stuff. We've used pretty extensively the World of Darkness wiki. It, it, it constantly comes up and it's very, very helpful. Yeah, the, um, the 3.5 D&D SRD is really good, even when I'm not playing 3.5 mm -hmm. SRD D&D, uh, just so you can be like, oh, you know, if you want to look up a spell really fast and you don't really care if it's exactly according to Hoyle for your edition, uh, you know, it is all online. And knowing how tall a gnome is, things like that. I guess it boils down to, I mean, you're playing a game with people over the internet, you still have all the wondrous sort of conveniences of the internet at your fingertips, so don't don't be afraid to use them. Although you should be a little afraid if you if you open uh, five windows at once, it can slow you down. Hey. It's probably worth saying actually. Exactly. If you're playing a game and somebody does have a crappy connection, things you can do you can turn off your like camera questions. itself like this, um, and that will considerably speed stuff up. Like uh, if you have like and you will be able to play. So you can just turn off the visual. Also, uh, you can turn off your mic until somebody else, until it's your turn, until you want to talk, uh, and that'll cut down on it. And in general, if there's a microphone problem, like you hear some buzzing or whatever, you can mute one person at a time until you figure out whose machine is feeding back. When you hit that mute, it's, it hard mutes on their side, too, so they have to actually go and hit the unmute button in order to unmute themselves, unless you unmute them. So mute them to everybody, unfortunately, but we've had to do that numerous times to figure out where the buzzing was coming from, or the weird hissing sound. Or and sometimes with some of the die rollers, if somebody gets too far out of lag, it'll 
they'll, they'll put in a dice roll command and it will take like a minute for it to show up for everybody else. If you have that problem, just have that person drop and rejoin and it should resync it. And unless you have major connection problems, that t should not take very long to do at all. But you will lose any map on uh, on some of the resources that's up. Like if Tabletop Forge, if you have a map up and you drop and you come back, it, it'll be gone because they didn't draw. They drew it while you weren't there. So in, in not in the on, new you know, version. <laughs> All right, hey. But no, Hangouts in general are memory hot. So, I mean, RAM is important. You, if you watch, like I use Chrome. If you watch Chrome, over time of a Hangout, you can easily eat three, four, five hundred megabytes for a Hangout, even if yeah. you're not running any apps. So you just have to kind of watch your resources. And like Zach said, muting the video and stuff does help with that memory consumption. And speaking yeah, of I Chrome, generally keep everything browser to use as well is what I've found with everybody playing. Which browser? What you say? Chrome. Okay. I've, I've, I've found Definitely most people have had the best technical success with Chrome. Google Chrome, I think, it makes sense. I mean, I yeah, the first time I tried joining a Hangout on uh, through Firefox, um, I'm using a Mac, and it just it didn't work. Um, <laughs> that, now, that could totally be something on my end, and it probably is. Well, I'm using it now. Um, so it works. It's just it can be annoying. Jeremy once told me he insisted that IE was better <laughs> than Chrome. If you're having problems with Chrome, you should load up IE, which I would never do. But <laughs> yeah. so then, okay. So moving on to another question, I've seen this a couple of times and a couple of kind of. Um, variations. Um, one person asked, how do you find people to recruit? And another person asked, um, are you picky about who you recruit? Do you ever screen any of your players before you allow them to play the game? It depends on what kind of game you're wanting to run. I mean, if you want to do like a, an open game, like a flail snails game or something like that, then I, I generally do a big post or a, a public post to let anybody join that wants to join. And I'm, I'm not picky at all. You can bring any character in. That's part of the Flail Snails thing, is you bring any character in from any basic D&D type edition, then you can play. The DM can, you know, kind of ixnay different equipment or abilities or such, but usually it works just fine if you just kind of modify things along to work with your power level. Yeah, for, for people that don't know, Zach, do you want to do the Flail Snails thing? Yeah, I was just going to... Yeah, have... I'll explain that in a second. Um, in general, I think if you want to recruit people, you add people you know on Google Plus who are gamers until you get one of them who knows a ton of people because they've been hanging out on Google Plus all along. Which you probably won't be that hard because you found this hangout. Um, and then you just talk about random shit until you have gotten rid of the people you don't like. And then when you ask about a game, only the people who you can get along with will be answering. So that's one way to recruit people. Um, and it works pretty well because Google Plus is not a very popular platform. But there's like this little, like it's like a, it's like you find this rabbit hole and then suddenly it's just like everyone's in there. Mm -hmm. um, so within the gaming community, there's tons of people on Google Plus. And, and part of that is because so many of the game designers are on Google Plus. Like Monty Cook is on here, Mike Merles is on here, Mark Rainhagen from Vampire is on here, uh, the Tunnels and Trolls guy is on here, like Russ Nick. I mean, and so once you you tap around and you find that vein, you're going to find lots of people who are players. So talk, maybe play in other people's games as a player, and then eventually you'll just get a group of people who you can talk to on Google+, and then you can recruit for your game out of that. Flail Snails stands for 
free location and inclusion laws for stimulating new and interesting leisure <laughs> situations. Um, but basically, it's just we invented the uh, rule. Uh, it's a very loose set of rules, but basically saying you can bring any character in that genre to this game. So if you've got a modern uh, vampire game and you want to bring a Call of Cthulhu character, if it's flail snails, you can just bring them right in. If you've got a um, a Stars Without Number character and you want to play uh, Warhammer 40k, bring them right in. Uh, if you've got a Rollmaster character and you want to play 40 Dungeons & Dragons, they're both medieval, just bring them right in. So people who mark their game flail snails are like, you just bring whoever you want and we'll, we'll do a continuous thing. In practice, most of the Flail Snails games are Dungeons and Dragons or D and D like systems, mm-hmm. uh, and the D and and the GMs just sort of convert. And it's almost necessary because everyone is playing with a different system, and everybody is playing with a bunch of house rules. It works really easily, uh, surprisingly well. I've played so many D and D games and not even known what system I was playing. Like I'd be playing Swords and Wizardry for half an hour and not known it. I've played in Sean's games for hours and not known what system I was using. Because um, you just ask the, D, the DM and they're going to tell you what the thing is. Um, but basically, if you want to get in on those games, you could add anybody anybody here, basically, uh, on Google+, and, and then you'll start to see those things come up. And people have a flail snails, one word, tag. Um, and it's fun because there's you can bring any character to your game, but also there's a lot of in-between game chatter about different characters that are going from world to world. Like, and there are, there are some rules that we put for for negotiating, like if you have a unique magic item or if you die or stuff like that. But basically, it's like based on the old games, because um, in the beginning of D and D, that's how it was very popular. It was a small group of people who played the game, and so people were just shipping their characters around all different. It's kind of a living Greyhawk deal, too. Yeah, exactly. In that sense. Exactly. Yeah. And there's somebody who also he runs a Flail Snells game for dead characters only. So if you die, you go to hell. I think Ian Johnson has one <laughs> yeah, where you can play that. Yeah, in I've hell. seen that one come up a few times. Um, I wish I could be in more Flail Snells games. I'm just way too. I have too many things going on. Yeah, <laughs> I really like it because I think that I mean, anytime that I've used it or seen a few other people use it, it it also provides sort of like a story reason why you have characters that are. Um, that might come from sort of disparate backgrounds and everything, or have like, because when you say it's like, oh, I'm playing an elf, well, that might mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, depending on the system or the world you're playing in. Flotsam is like, no, you have like a multiverse of characters that are there, and it provide it can provide like a story reason, which is why I really like it. The only Flail Snails game that I played in, I think I was the only one there that actually had a character that was, like, humanish. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else had, like, somebody was an orangutan, I think, and... Yeah, they can, they can get very gonzo, um, yeah. depending on who shows up that day. <laughs> I've had, like, wizards and scraps guns and you name it. <laughs> Another um, way to pick... Got people is if you do find someone who's spent a lot of time on Google Plus, ask them to share their RPG circle with you. Mm-hmm. That's oh, a yeah. way to get a lot of it. And just be careful though, because sometimes some people's circles will be like 500 people, and you're gonna get a fire hose of posts. So you're gonna wanna pay attention and then filter out the people that you just they're posting, you know, cat yeah. gifts or whatever. You know, just filter them out as fast as you can. And when you add people, tell them why you're adding them. 
you know, like, because a lot of people do other things in life besides uh, RPGs, and so you'll add them, and they'll be like, well, do you want to hear about my new pizza business I'm starting, or do you want to hear about what I'm doing with, uh, with, with, like, mutants and masterminds? So when you add new people, just make sure you go, oh, I added you because of the RPG thing, and then right. you'll get into it. Yep. An- another angle to add on to that is if you go to pages specifically pages because they are so highly specific to a particular idea if you're really into one thing you can go to that a, pa- a couple pages that are really devoted to that one thing and then use their follower list to build out a ton of people like like if if I go to uh, everybody who's following the Fear the Boot podcast, I know that every single one of them is a role player. Whereas if I if I go to some, you know, if I go to everybody who's following Zach, there's going to be a ton of you know spammers. There's going to be all sorts of all sorts of people that are going to be following him because they're a social media expert and they're trying to sell you their new pizza business. So you know, th- that kind of thing gets n- none of those people are following pages. Right, because there's no spam reason to do that. So, so it's a great resource in terms of being like a pure thing to draw upon when you're building up a circle. I got to get in on those pizza business circles. That sounds awesome. <laughs> um, I know. I found the best advice if you want to run a uh, a Google Plus role playing game uh, over Google Plus Hangout, play in one first. Like, if you can find someone that's running a game, play in a couple of them. Because that will not only give you a ton of people that you'll probably want to run a game for, but it'll also very much sort of acclimatize you to sort of what you can expect. Yeah, there's a page uh, called Constant Con, um, which is, there's one, it has a blog account, which is just on Blogger, you don't even have to have a Google Plus account, which is just a list of people with who are running totally open games. Um, and those people, you can you can just show up, and uh, those people want brand new players. It's constantcon.blogspot.com, right? Yeah. Kyle, you got that? It's in the link. Okay. It's not super duper up to date, but there's still several games on there that are that are currently running. I think ConstantCon has its own Google Plus page too. I think so. Yeah. Someone had a database somewhere, and I don't remember how you link it, that had more recent games. Trying to remember where that was from. Gosh. So I find people, but I usually just post and say I'm looking for people to play a game, and then I just take the first about six people that respond. (laughs) Another way to do it is you can pick one person and then tell them to assemble a team. You know, a, or you can randomly roll one person from your circles of people who want to play, and then have them assemble a team. That's how Jeff Reins was doing it because he has he has a really popular blog, and so he was doing it that way. Uh, another way is to just randomly select everyone. Um, yeah, uh, if you never you done it before, you're not going to of having that many people. <laughs> yeah, if you do have too many people because of the number of people that are following you, circling you, you can you just choose a very specific time, and that will cut down a ton of stuff. If you say, I, I'm looking to play on Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday nights, you're going to get a ton of people, and they're all going to be wanting a different night. So just make sure that you, you pick it right out the gate. And since you, the great thing about running it is you can choose the time that's really the best time of day for you. 
Yeah, and make sure you stick with that. Don't play when you don't want to play, because then you're not going to be as connected to the game as you want to be. Which kind of brings up an interesting kind of subtopic of the topic is in and playing with people in different time zones. My Sunday game has Mark Reinhagen in it, who's in Georgia. And it's got a couple of other people that are in Europe on it. And it's, it's Sunday morning for me, which is Sunday night for them. Um, and it helps out. But it can be really tricky in order to get everybody to understand exactly when you're playing, because they'll get confused as, as the time zones. There's this thing on timeanddate.com that I've been using that um, somebody else showed me. Casper. I use that as well, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an there's an and you know, I'll put it in chat and then I'll put it on Google Plus. It's an event. www.timeanddate.com. Yeah, oh. and they have an event announcer specifically, so you put when the event is in there, and then it'll generate a page that shows the time in every time zone that you can possibly think of, and you can put in others if you want to, and then you just put the link in your Google Plus post, and anybody who clicks on it will get the exact time and date that you plan on running that game. Well, it also works in Google Plus now. Uh, if you schedule a Google event, yeah, it will feed everyone their local time zone. It's uh, it's the only thing about Google events. Uh, oh, and it syncs into your. It tells you when that's coming up. So mm -hmm. just don't share that like with that a thousand people. But right. yeah. they'll get pissed off. Yeah, just share your Google event with the people you actually are inviting, and uh, and but yes. it'll tell them the local time zone. And I do on-air Yeah, I do on-air games. If you put up an event for an on-air game and you click on on-air, it'll actually make two announcements for you. One that you can share with everybody else to say, hey, there's this on-air event coming up. And one that is just for the group members, basically, to respond to. Okay. Which is nice. So, other questions? Somebody asked if there were any games that are bad for running online, that... that that just don't work in this environment. <laughs> um, I would say I games you have to look up in the book a lot. Um, you know, online games, opportunity, you want to be more fluid and, and kind of roll with the punches. And, and games where you're referencing a ton of charts, like, like trying to say play Battletech online or something, this wouldn't work. There would be too much referencing in the books, and this slows everything down. There's a reason why old school D&D has dominated this space. Yeah. I mean, it's well, because Kyle, it's so simple. Well, Kyle, I've run that works right. So it works. I mean, like I run fourth edition, which is very tabletop heavy. Um, I've run D and D Encounters, which is a fourth edition type of game, Roger. And I've done it both with tabletop combat and without. Um, like you can run four E without like actual grid based combat. It can work just like regular D and D. Um, uh, you can do it. It is not impossible. You can do it pretty much any way you can. Uh, if it's something you really want to do. Tabletop Forge is great. Roll Twenty is great. Uh, they both facilitate that uh, that need. Uh, one thing though is if you're going to use an add-on program for it, it does slow everything down because whenever someone else on the board moves one of their online pieces, there is a bit of a lag, and you will find that there is a lot of slowdown. So if it's something that you want to do, and it can be tons of fun, just you will need a bit of patience and uh, make sure that you aren't running anything else at the moment because that thing will suck up uh, memory. Imagine the only game I've had a problem running on. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
I'm sorry. The only one I've had problems with on Hangouts is Rollmaster, the big chart-heavy <laughs> game. And I tried to run character creation on that, too, which was really rough, and I killed a few people out of the game just <laughs> trying to do that. But that's other, other than that, yeah, like I said, chart-heavy games are your hard ones. Even this, But I don't think the tabletop ones are quite as difficult just because of the visual aids that are available now. Mm. Some, some games are easier to run on, on, the ta- on virtual tabletop just while I was thinking about it, like a game like I mentioned earlier, Ars Magica, where there's a ton of stuff that you can relegate to in-between session con- contact on, on Google+, and then when you're actually in the session, you can deal with a lot of game stuff that if you were meeting in real life, you would have to ro- you know really work on doing it all at once. And if, if you're able to kind of outsource that stuff during the week, and then when you're there, you're only going to be doing the stuff that's relevant, that, that's a big advantage. Right. I was going to say you also want to try to limit your players to I mean you, you Stacey you run a, a game that's bigger than I would run personally because it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like 10 or 12 people right no, well, it, is, it is a goddamn party when you run each and every time the most number of people we had was 8 and that was the, the session that you sat in <laughs> okay <laughs> There was so three of us on one seven. I think I found my personal comfort level is about six. <laughs> I mean, I can run a pretty big game in person, but on Google Hangouts, it's a little bit harder because you get the, the crosstalk. I like to just keep yeah. it like four or five. Four or five is my preference, too. Yeah. If you're having trouble with getting people to show up, though, just add a couple of extra players, and then when two are out, it's not a big had- deal. Yeah, see, that's something that you always have to deal with with Hangout games, especially if you want to run, like, an ongoing Chronicle or something along those lines, like, like I'm doing. It takes, you want to have a good full group every single time that you play, and you want to keep it going. So you have to really keep in mind, you can't be rigid about that. You have to keep in mind that there's going to be people who just can't make it. Uh, like, Mandy hasn't been able to make the last couple of ones that, that we have, and you're just, just going to have to deal with that and just hand-wave the fact that they're not there anymore and then hand-wave the fact that they came back in the next session that they actually come back in. But I've gotten to the point where I try to have seven people on the roster because almost always at least one or two of them aren't going to be able to make it, and I still know that I'll have a full game even if they can't. That's really smart. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It gives everybody because I don't want anybody to feel guilty either if they can't make it or they can't show up or you know for any reason. Like, don't worry about it. You know, well, we have enough people. Don't, yeah. don't stress. Don't, don't feel like you have to make up some excuse. I mean, it, it feels like that at first because you're used to being at the table. But I would just say, you know, that person was standing behind that pillar over there the whole time, <laughs> and they just step back out, and it's all cool. It's like they never left. I mean, you could. There's a little bit of verisimilitude lost there, but the the pain in the ass of having to go through every you know all that role play just to explain what that they were gone for a week who cares, just let it ride. The other thing that I'm going to start trying here very shortly is to make a uh, a stable of NPCs that I can give people who want to come in and maybe just play one session. If, you know, they're visiting a friend or something like that, or they just want to try it out, or, you know, any other reasons. They're, like the game that I have with Mark on Sundays, you know, lots of people want to play, and there's certainly not enough slots for everybody to be able to play. You can actually just pull people in for one at a time. Yeah. All right. We need more questions. I just posted one. <laughs> I got a couple from Tumblr. I don't know. What do you guys have? 
I have one over here. Has, has anyone tried know. using ViewScream? What is ViewScream? I've heard people actually... I've never heard of it. I've heard of Monkey Screen, but I have not heard of ViewScream. <laughs> Don't know it. Oh no, Screen Monkey, not Monkey Screen. Yeah. <laughs> monkey Screen. Um, oh, ViewScream is something by Raphael Chandler. Right, I've seen him post about it before, but I don't. I haven't actually looked into what it is. I don't know. All right, next question. Uh, <laughs> I do in the in the basic tips. I was going to say um, these games tend to or can be very short, like two hours and no more. Um, they can run long. That happens about half the time. But it's good to start the game pretty efficiently. Um, and so I recommend, especially on that first session, start the players off with something where they have something they can do or a choice they can make, uh, mm -hmm. especially if they're new to your game and they have no idea, you know, they've never played with you. Like, when you start going, okay, well, the king is this year and his prince is this, and you know, if you start going too long, people have no idea how long this is going to keep going. Um, so it's good to just start the game rolling, and then once you've got buy-in, after you've had some new people, then go ahead and you can you can stretch out a little bit more. But start off the game with something interesting uh, mm -hmm. right away, uh, an interesting choice for them to make rather than the people talking. Um, <laughs> or down a, an info dump on your players who aren't even sure if they want to be playing yet. Yeah, that's a mistake that I've made before. I've basically front-loaded it with, well, this is the world that I've created for you to explore. And most people, they, they don't care. Why, why would you care about something yeah. like that? Well, you can um, just nice, tell nice, them nice. there's a Star Destroyer coming down on them, they've got these Death Star plans, and they have to figure out how to hide them. And you go. don't tell them about no trade disputes. You don't <laughs> care about these boring Jedis. I don't know what's going on. That was a great imitation. Wow. I'm starting to suspect you might secretly be him. Oh, also, the reason that I have my name on my name tag on my shirt is because the program that everyone else is using to get their name doesn't work very well on my computer. Um, that's another thing. Don't assume... Uh, if, you're, if you want to use a widget and it's essential to the game, test it out before you actually run the Hangout. Definitely, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, because some people's computers are going to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. But before I actually had um for all three of my chronicles actually um we had a a an initial character generation session where we all got together just to kind of get to know each other and to make character generation together and nobody ever gets completely through it by the time it's done but they usually have an idea of kind of what connections their characters might want to have with one another that you can usually do the last one I had great success was doing some icebreakers um, we actually I actually found a couple of online friendly icebreakers that we could do to get people just chatting and communicating with one another get that past that awkwardness when you're with people for the first time um, and the character generation set, setup usually helped a lot for us to purvey all of the information that we need to get out without having to make people read something really long or be bored to death. <laughs> yeah, for campaigns, I almost always have a session zero where, where I go over that kind of stuff. And obviously, for one shots and stuff, you're not going to do that. Yeah. But but for for campaigns where you're going to be in there for at least four or five sessions. Um, yeah, it definitely helps to just get everyone on the same page. How do characters know each other? Just so, you know, that first 
session, you're not spending half an hour trying to figure out why you're in the same room together or why you're working together. Yeah, and I gave everybody homework, too. I told them all to go into Hangouts, load Tabletop Forge, because I wanted to, to use it and make sure that it worked on their systems and let me know if it didn't work on their systems for any reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot overstate how invaluable doing something like that is, because um, when I was running one of my games and we wanted to, we were all excited about using this, uh, this Tabletop program. And uh, I think a bunch of people couldn't use it right away uh, we had to basically cancel a session after we were like a little over a half hour in just because we couldn't figure out how to make it work. If you have the time beforehand, test this stuff out. It will save you so much headache in the future. Well, and don't assume just because you can run it that everyone in your party is going to be able to as well. That that can be a yeah. big barrier too. Yeah, yeah. And you need to be flexible. If something, you know, if you're actually, if you want to use a tool like that and you get in there and you've got two people who just can't load it or it's just a bad night for the internet for them or whatever it is, you have to be able to say, okay, I'm going to push that aside and still run the game in yeah. another way. You know? Just remember that even if everything fails except for the Hangout itself, you could still roll physical dice right on your table and say, I got a six. You that's know, that's I mean, all I ever do. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't think that you have to use the tool just because it's here. Yeah. yeah, most people use regular dice in every game I've played. Um, it's actually a lot faster, and, and you can hear it hitting the table. Yeah, besides this, sounds freaking right, yeah. terrifying to all of the players. <laughs> <laughs> now, I actually enjoy using Mitch Woodlock for my die rolls just to keep the uh, objectivity in it there. <laughs> and the players can see it rolled right in front of them. My desk yeah, is, is so hard that if I roll three dice, it sounds like I'm rolling like 30 dice, so I just like to lay out the fear. <laughs> I've never fudged a die I've rolled in the open. You have a game where you have individual initiative. Uh, everybody roll initiative, and then you put your initiative roll into the chat. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Type it into yes. the chat on the far left. Um, yeah. And also, same thing with a group saving throw or something like that. It will really save... A headache um, because you're talking to five people at once and nobody goes first and if you just do that that I've seen that work in every game and then say, same thing with saves like made it made it made it made it yeah and I was just about to say yeah the exact same thing like that chat window in the Google Plus hangout will save your games pretty much anytime anyone like makes a role I always say type your role in the chat because if I ask for something I'm gonna wait you know uh, about a minute or so, and I hear several numbers, everyone talks over each other, and by that point, I've lost, like, two or three people. I'm like, wait, what did you roll? And I hate having to ask that over and over again. So, yeah. If anything like that happens, just have people type stuff in the chat. It saves so much time. Yeah. Yeah, I have already put all of the results in the chat all the time. It's just so much help more helpful. And I forget, like, from one moment to the next, what'd you say you rolled? <laughs> How many successes write, you can you write down NPC names there. That's the greatest thing. Yeah, I do that too. How do you smell spell versus Smiggin the gnome? You right. know, like I, I don't know. Party treasure is a good thing to put there too. <laughs> yeah, like if you're accumulating XP slowly, just so you have a, a record. The only thing is, is when your players get too enamored of it and they start telling jokes back and forth in the chat while you're talking. Um, Yes. Kill them or mute them. <laughs> my players will just, just actually, kill them. My players will actually role playing in the chat while I'm talking to somebody else. They'll just go off on some scene that I've never heard of before that they're doing. <laughs> so 
Stacey, yeah. why are your players so awesome? Your players just continually are the best people ever. Because I love my players and they love me. I don't know. Good. So how, get in, how do I get in on some of that? All my players freaking hate me. What? <laughs> because I give them everything they want? No, I don't do that either. I don't know. <laughs> I got lucky. <laughs> Successful tips for a uh, great Google Plus Hangout game. Give your players exactly what they want. <laughs> no, don't. Um, do it, just do it in the same manner as, like, the devil would. You know, <laughs> like... Like in that movie, Bedazzled. Like, I want to be rich. Okay, you're a drug lord. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa that, that's not what I meant. You know, I like, get, just uh, go crazy, you know? Give them what they want. Changeling's awesome for that because almost everything comes with a drawback. Almost. All right, let's see if there's other questions that we haven't answered yet. Miles says that View Scream is a game where you're always in character and you use the hangout space as the game space. So it's like LARPing. It's like LARPing, yeah, like <laughs> LARPing on Google. That's actually really cool. I ever try that sometimes. I, I made like a little uh, experimental sci-fi game where the only thing in my window is the GM is what's on Spock's view screen, and Spock has to explain to everyone else, and I don't talk, so. You just put up different pictures. It'll keep you busy for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> I would say it's the best game in the world, but it's fun. And you spend a lot of time awesome. looking, looking for images like, shit, I have to find a, a ray gun now. Um, well, that seems like an RPG version of that Artemis game. Have you heard of that? It's like the new thing where it's like you, there's six different computers and they all have like one station, like a starship, so that they all have to work together to, to figure something out. So, yeah. you know, one person has just the the communications and one person has the the science deck and then one guy's the captain and he doesn't see anything he just has to talk to everybody else so that is almost yeah, exactly yeah. the game I invented <laughs> Anthony oh, Carboni like from Star Trek Battle Simulator mm-hmm. yeah. Anthony Carboni from Rev3 Games posted a fantastic video of that game um, I will post it on Google Plus later for everyone to see because yeah that is a fantastic game but that's a great thing about like if you have ideas for games. Like that's one of the great things about Google Plus Hangouts is like if there is something you want to try but you say can't get together a bunch of people like in your hometown. Like if you live like me like in the middle of freaking nowhere in Canada, um it's tough to be able to get a gaming group together. And Google Plus Hangouts offers a great sort of audience for that. So yeah, if you do want to, yeah. you know, um like Zach, you run a whole bunch of um is a Marvel superheroes games and everything over Google Plus? Yeah, I mean I would just run whatever. Um, but yeah, I just I'm very moody too. That's another like I don't schedule things very often, and so I'll just be like, oh, I want to play a game tonight, and I've got one hour notice, and that's that's probably like my favorite thing is that you can find a game within like a couple hours of almost anything. Uh, yep. As long as you've got you know you're on decent terms with uh, with people um, and I like that uh, because even though I've got like a you can also just play games you never played before like I've played so many games this year that I've never tried just oh, play yeah. one oh my god I've played Lamentations I've played Old School Hack I've played Swords and Sorcery I've played like all these games I probably never would have picked up otherwise and as, yeah. a, as a game designer myself I can get people to for playtesting 
uh, you know, get all these different types of people, try it out with people who like this one type of game, try it out with people who like a different type of game, different play styles. And if I had to just constantly impose my own playtesting regimen on my own group in a home, you know, in real life, that would just get really annoying. So I, you can you can get fresh people who are who are really interested in whatever you're particularly offering that day. Yeah, I found with Google Plus that it's the best for pickup games. You know, I've like so I've been gaming online since the RSC days, but there's always been even for a one shot, a week or two weeks, you have to post on a forum or on a web page or you know send out emails and try to get everyone together. But Google Plus, you know, as long as you're connected to a decent amount of people, you can post and say, "Hey, I want to run a game tonight," and you'll you'll find at least three or four people. It's not that hard. Oh, uh, Stacy, like playtesters will want to watch like a video of a game when people play it. Can you explain how to make a recording of your game? Yeah, you can you can do um, you can, just like this is this is an on air broadcast um, and it's a hangout on air and it's going to as soon as we're done it's it's right now recording to YouTube and as soon as we're done it will be on YouTube for anybody to look at later. I run all of my hangout games on air, so if you're actually watching this on YouTube, you can look at my account and all of my other videos and you're going to see a whole crap load of of sessions that, that we've run. Um, it's really easy when you're actually when you actually start your hangout you'll see a little checkbox that says enable hangouts on air and it'll give you a quick little thing that says um, this is going to go to your YouTube account if you don't have it set up with your YouTube account already it'll ask you to go through a really quick setup process and this is something that I recommend you do well before you actually start running your game so that you have everything all set up in advance um, and then it'll make sure that you have to have a title on it, and it'll um, and it can allow you to uh, actually even make it mature audiences only, so that everybody who comes in has to check a checkbox that says they're 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 18 or over. Everybody who's mm -hmm. in the at least. Um, and it it works very very well. And um, we've, I I've, I'm actually really surprised at how many people watch our play sessions because you know I, I think that would be really boring. But but I've gotten new players from it. You know I've gotten people who have who've seen it online and said oh I really want to join and have actually come in and, and filled spots that ended up being vacant. Um, I've had lots of ideas come from it. I've met new people. I, it's it's really incredible how many people actually do watch the actual play sessions. Yeah. But, I do that. Um, I know Chris Helton does that with his games. Um, there are a number of people. Uh, I forget exactly everybody, and, and somebody probably punched. Well, me. I was I was about to say like I used to run a, uh, a web series that was somewhat similar, and yeah, um, for the last ten or so different sort of games that I've run over Google Plus, I have them on my YouTube account. Uh, there are a bunch of sessions of D and D encounters. There's some uh, D and D next play tests as well. Once that. Uh, embargo was lifted and people could post those online. Um, so I get a ton of stuff. Like That's what I do with almost every session that I run, just because there's an audience for that, and people like to watch them. Yeah, yeah, and I actually had somebody just now on YouTube saying, I would love to watch some sessions before I actually join them, and that's that's the easiest way that you can do it. I know um, Michael puts his online, um, and it, it's, it's if you're in the, if you're in the RPG circles in Google+, you'll see them come up all the time. Um, and Miles just just put in a reminder that there are certain games if you're playtesting, like D&D 5e, they don't want you to actually record your sessions. You can play mm -hmm. them online, but you can't record them. So you might want to know the actual legal terms mm -hmm. of whatever it is that you're playing. I, I've also heard that if you play music on air, if, you, if, if any way that it hears music, and Google can pick up what you're playing and determine whether or not it's copyrighted material, your Hangout will just, just get pulled off air or you won't be able to go on air. 
So just so you know, in case anybody wants Boy, to. Well, that's a wonderful feature. No music. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, RPG. If you're playing system. music during a hangout, you're a fucking dick, really. Um, I mean, if you want to stop for a second and play like three things of it, yeah. But if like you're playing it in the room, it's going to be really annoying. So yeah, I had a player. I don't know how that could be successful. I haven't ever seen that. I had a player who. In when I was doing D and D encounters, I don't care if he watches this or not. Uh, he knows who he is. Um, he it, because he played a bard. Goddamn bards! I'm sorry, Zach. You were so right. I was yeah, so wrong. Don't, just don't play a bard. Can we just yeah, say don't that? Play <laughs> exactly. um, but no, he insisted that uh, every time he was in the tavern, everything he had to you know play this song, and he played that um, the Misty Mountain song from The Hobbit, um, and he had like a he had an audio track that he would. And he would have it on the background, and I'm trying to run the game, and it's still going. Oh. You know, and he wants that to be part of the scene. And I'm like, like I had to. After the first couple times, I told him, "Let's like turn it off." <laughs> you get booed out. You should have insisted that he actually sing it. Sing it, yeah. <laughs> no, I'd rather listen to his his tinny MP3 than him trying to sing it. Well, but see, see, the virtue is you wouldn't have to if you insisted that he sing it. Then he would go, okay, never mind. I'm just gonna say I sing this song and move on. Um, but yeah, that's the thing I have. Don't have music in your hands. Just rule with them. Um, somebody asked, what if any ideas have you had to leverage the limits and possibilities of hangouts in ways that you wouldn't be able to do face to face? Well, I think, like you said, we did talk about that the hangout specific game a little bit. Um, you can also do a, a little bit of secret information in Fog of War by emailing people shit. Like you could be like, "Oh, I just sent you this." Or Google Talk works well for that too. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you can, yeah, you can yeah. also do that in yeah. chat. Yeah. The good thing oh, yeah, about using the chat is that it makes a beep for the other person. If you if you look in Hangout Chat, if you type slash users in Hangout Chat, you can see the the nicks to everybody is. And then if I wanted to say send Sean a private message, all I have to do is type slash two space s, which is his nickname, and say hi. Yeah, oh, and wow. it'll be private right there in chat. And they even have a link that they can click on to reply. I've been using that lately a little bit too. Yeah, it's relatively new for yeah. Hangouts. Yeah. Yeah. Last three months or so. It's also really disturbing uh, if you get, like, in real life, you can't really do this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, Ducky attack! But you can also start the hangout with the duck in front of the camera, and there's no one who knows who you are. You're like this. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. They they tend that, to derail games, but some of those apps, like the uh, Google Effects, you can put on like hats and sunglasses, and you can put the meme faces over your face, and it will do the augmented reality tracking. But most of them are meant for silly stuff, so it kind of derails. Way to end the session. Yeah, <laughs> you don't, if, you, if you don't want people to talk anymore, you can just put that on your face, and people will have a hard time. There's a soundboard in there too, and there's a soundboard and hangout toolbox as well that anybody can use. So beware if your players get hold of it. <laughs> um, the best thing I found about running stuff over Google Plus in terms of like things you could only do there, um, I over I tried to get it over DungeonsMaster.com, um, but I wanted to start a hangout group of people that were outside of North America and Europe, 
people that were in uh, really sort of far off time zones that couldn't play D and D or role playing games otherwise. Uh, people that are on military bases that don't have basically people that don't have access to home groups. That was sort of the audience that I tried to appeal to, and I had you know some success with that because I had um, I had a couple players from a bunch of different countries in Asia and everything that like they they couldn't play RPGs like in home games just because they didn't have that available to them. Uh, they didn't have dice and everything on their own. They were working off of PDFs and um, like solely sort of online tools. Um, that's something fantastic that Google Plus has been able to sort of uh, allow me to do and allow others to, to take care of. Yeah, like there's a whole group of people called the Kangarat Murder Society who are just people in New Zealand and Australia and some people in Japan who are teaching English who don't, never even knew each other before, but they, you know, they're all on, they all get on at the same time. Um, and if you're on the East Coast or West Coast and you stay up late, you're kind of on the same calendar as them. So it's good for that. I think, like, more than the technology, take just taking advantage of the social uh, reach out, it's good. There's also, with totally. the screen share, yeah. you, can, you can open up something in... If you're if you're talented enough with the programming to do it, you can open up something like I said about Photoshop earlier, and you can make live edits to the map itself. You can yeah. you can change things. If you're if I if I'm at the table, I unless I have a laptop, I'm willing to show everything on the laptop to people. It's very hard to do that. Whereas I can open up something and block out half of it in Photoshop in about half a second. And show them one particular thing, and then take it down and change it up and move it around and do things like that that I can't. I just can't do it in real life, and especially if it's like a map with you can turn off all of the towns with one click in Photoshop, and then you you know they'd all be there, yeah, you know, like Zach's doing, and and make those kind of changes. It's it's pretty amazing, especially if you're doing a lot of heavy exploration based. Stuff. I mean, that's probably not as useful in World of Darkness, I guess. But if if you're doing dungeon maps, if you're doing hex crawling, it's it's very useful to be able to add and remove portions of the map in real time. Yeah, like that. <laughs> you can also you can also just see the cursor. Uh, if you're looking at my the screen, you can see the cursor, so you don't even have to actually do anything. You can just kind of hover over and be like, oh, you go over here and you go. Over mm -hmm. That, that's invaluable. I love that bit. Sort of just being able to point at something. It's like, well, where is he coming from? Just have your cursor. There. Right there. <laughs> there. See that? S some dungeon rooms are extremely hard to describe with just your voice. Yeah, you can, that's true. You can make that, you know, over here in this particular corner of a 20-cornered room, <laughs> then that's, that's a big deal. The yeah, other thing... I've, in, in terms of games that are actually hard to run... I've I've played in one dungeon that's I'm sure on the map it's beautiful, um, but playing it over Hangouts the rooms are just indescribable because it's it's made like a labyrinth rather than linked rectangular rooms so it's like it was just impossible to figure out what was going on so we had to do it all uh, just by looking at the Twidla. Um but yeah you, I would say if you're gonna run a dungeon on G plus you know and it needs to be mapped uh, keep keep a relatively simple, you know, rectangles and squares, uh, mm -hmm. or you get used to the graphics and use the graphics. Does that dungeon begin with a B, Zach? 
<laughs> um, it's Evan Elkins' dungeon. I mean, he knows. Uh, oh, okay, because we, we had a problem with Barrow Maze with the same deal. It's a very, very labyrinthine, crazy map, and it's, like, almost impossible to describe or draw, even. No, we use in... See, I don't use... Since I run WAD games, we don't have heavily map-based kind of things, so we don't have to worry about that so much. Although I do do some of that, and we just did a... a a mansion that everybody had to kind of dungeon crawl through in, in wad fashion, which was fun. But um, I use it a lot for the, the kind of technology that I end up using a lot is I've created my own character sheets for um, Changeling and um, Mage now and Vampire and um, Immortal one and I used um, Google Spreadsheets to do that. And then I make, what I do is I make a folder on my Google Drive for each player. I put their, their character sheet in there and I share the whole folder with them. And then I give them that space where they can put anything that they want to in there. I have lists of people requesting items that they're looking for. I have people who are writing in character journals. I have um, people who ask me questions regularly through a, a GM note stock that they have in there. And I get to see everybody's uh, character sheets live in game as, you know, as they change them and update them and I can update them myself. I actually put experience on their sheets themselves for myself rather than telling them how much experience they got so That's that really cool. give people different levels of experience without worrying about them knowing <laughs> yeah I mean it's also just worth pointing out that outside of the hangouts if you do run games and you need any kind of resources Google Plus is like shockingly amazing like yeah. if you are like I need to know what Dragon Magazine issue that is where they have like a two-page feature on bridge construction, right? You put that out, send that to me, I'll share that out, you'll have an answer within the hour. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, totally. the community is just people who are just nuts about gaming and it's fast. Like, it's much faster than RPG forums and stuff. Like, there's probably more people in RPG Net, but the discussions move so much faster. And in terms of actually getting stuff that's useful, it's uh, I've rarely had it fail. Like I ask for mm -hmm. some pretty obscure stuff, um, and I can't think of a time when I have I can't think of a time I haven't been able to get something um, within within the day. Uh, so just within just like outside of the actual hangouts themselves, just in terms of just getting it together, it's pretty good. Yeah, Google Plus, just as a general gaming resource, is about the best thing going right now. Um, yeah, it's incredible. And I think I read something earlier today where, like, the people who work at Google on Google Plus are kind of shocked that we, we've built this huge community. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're actually, uh, Sage Latoro, who did Dungeon World, works for Google now, so they're actually starting yeah, to, to uh, get gamers inside of Google that are working on the platform, which is... Can only help us. So. Maybe yeah, I was gonna say maybe we could get all of our requests in quicker. <laughs> if you if you don't use Google Plus um, before this video comes out and you're getting a chance to watch it, um, you will enjoy it greatly. It is a great uh, sort of social media platform. Um, I am on Google Plus far more than I think I'm on Facebook now. Um, it it didn't get its fair shake. Like you can do so much with Google Plus, and especially if you're into gaming because. It is, it is the happening community. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, I hate shit like this. Like, I hate, like, a thing, and you download something, and the little rainbow wheel comes up on your Mac, and you wait, and then you call people, and you tell them to get... Like, I... Like, all of those things, like, make my, my eyes fall out of my head. Um, 
like every single thing about like new technology for no reason. Um, but this like it's very user friendly and uh, and I use it all the time, so I recommend it. And Hangouts work great. Somebody asked on YouTube um, what they, what you think the minimum connection is to be able to handle Hangouts, and I haven't. People come in at lower quality constantly, but you can still hear them and see them and interact with them without a problem. I've never had a lag really on audio. It's always been video lag, so if you cut that down, yeah, if you just turn off your camera, no problem at all. I've I've never seen. I mean, I'm sure there are problems, but I've seen people with really crappy connections. Like, uh, scrap comes in from like. Australia or New Zealand, like from some place like out in the middle of the desert or something, you know. Uh, I've seen some issues with satellite connections because they're very bursty. Um, but besides that, or anyone still on a modem, I don't think I've seen a lot of issues. Yeah, I mean, I've had good connectivity with people in South America, and it's been fine. And uh, I've I've played with people that are in the the frozen north of Canada as well, and the maybe 10 different people from Canada and all of them have had really good really good connectivity so I, I don't know if there's any problem with that well if, you know if you turn need, off your video we need Sean's opinion because he just got kicked out of the chat yeah, just, uh, <laughs> anyone's inviting him back yeah um, that happens I mean people will get kicked out and you need to you need to call them back like that will happen to anybody once in a while every session it will happen at least every session, yeah, at least. And I think that goes back to what Josh was saying earlier, is that, that the longer you have Hangouts open, the more RAM is taking, and I think eventually it just crashes on some people's machines and they have to start it up again. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to take a five-minute break in the time. game, just go ahead and re have everybody reboot the Hangout. You know, if you're, if you're, every, if you're going to go, hey, everybody's going to go to the bathroom or do whatever for five, ten minutes, just go ahead and start it all fresh to clear that out. I actually have a, a question from a Tumblr that somebody asked that actually I kind of want an answer to as well. I'm really bad at it. Um, let me just pull it up here. Um, question was, how do you handle sort of ongoing... How do you handle ongoing story games over Google Plus? How do you create, like... Sorry, I'm just refreshing the page. It's how do you create ongoing worlds and make them work in a Google Plus Hangout game? It's not it's not terribly complicated. I mean, you just have to. I actually constantly um, engage my players outside of the actual sessions. I um, I post things for them to look at and read and and to participate in. I do play by post with them sometimes between sessions. I had one character that wanted to do something all by himself, and I didn't want to have to deal with it like in the middle of the session so I had him do it outside of Google Plus try to keep him engaged and involved in the world um, right now I've got two changeling games that are happening in different places in the same world at the same time so I try to get the people to interact with each other in posts and that's worked incredibly well too um, people talk to each other constantly uh, if you if you can you can keep it rolling kind of in the in between sessions to keep the momentum up and keep people excited about it they'll continue with that kind of connection all the way through 
Plus, we've had um, some of our players spend a lot of time doing things like um, taking notes during the game, and they'll bring other players back up to speed whenever they need to be. That's another one of those great things about Google Docs is they can all share that document, and everybody can go in and, and add their own notes and read everybody else's notes and all that kind of stuff, which helps out a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to do all that, you just, like, you can have a circle, which is just the people in your game, and then you just post an after-action report in that circle. I know, and then if you just encourage people to sort of talk to each other emergently after a game, you know, like, and so you can just control that. I mean, Sean, you run a lot of things where you're kind of a bunch of people involved, right? Yeah, my game, uh, like, uh, I've been running a lot of the old school modules that have, it's taken me months to get through some of them, and there's been like, uh, for instance, the Castle Lambert game, there were probably 30 different players in and out of that overall. And by the time it ended, no one was left over from the original crew. <laughs> so it, it's it's just, you just got to be really flexible with that stuff and not be too strict with your with your verisimilitude and trying to, you know, maintain world integrity and all that. It's like, okay, you guys popped up in this spot here where these guys left off. What are you going to do? Here's a little bit of background of what happened, and hopefully there's somebody there from the session before that can kind of catch them up to speed, but otherwise you just drop them in and let them go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, been, there's different levels of, like, tracking, right? Like, the, the circle idea is great. I do that all the time. You just create a circle of your group, and you keep communication going that way. Uh, Greg mentioned earlier, you can have Google Plus page, so if you want a little bit more permanency, because sometimes with just the circle posts, things will fall off the radar, so a, yeah. a Google Plus page is great for just, like, some notes on what's happening in my world right now between right. sessions. The, the game has its own page. Right. It's not GCU, it's the game. Correct. Yeah. You, you can name it, you know, my campaign, you know. And then if you want to go, like, the full scale, you can go to something like Obsidian Portal where you're creating a wiki and all that, but depends, you know, that's like, I would only do that for a really long-term campaign. I wouldn't do that for anything that's just a few sessions or even an arc. I wouldn't do, I wouldn't go all the way to Obsidian Portal. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that once you have, like, a, two or three sessions with the same people, they start talking to each other about what happened yeah. in the game. And so anybody who missed out can just, like, they're probably in the same circles. And so, you know, like, I know that Jeff Reince ran a game where it was different people every week, but there was enough interconnectivity between those people that you could you kind of knew what was going on all the time because you're mm -hmm. just like, oh, yeah, you met that guy, I met that guy. And then a really cool emergent property, which we didn't talk about before, if you do have completely different groups um, and you're running like something like a dungeon, you can trade information um, and do like weird emergent stuff like that. Like I was, I had a character that was mapping a dungeon and selling the maps to <laughs> other people. Um, wow. And, and uh, there was another one where a guy was running, he was running uh, something in his home game and he was also running it online. He was running Empire of the Predal. Chris Kudelik. Right, Chris Chris is doing that. And he had a character die in a trap. My character came in completely later and cast Speak With Dead to ask that guy how he died and where the treasure was. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and so you can actually, you know, you can do stuff like that. Um, uh, and so even players that weren't in the same game can talk to each other um, in between, and it's it's uh, it's in a lot of ways it's better because yeah. because they're used to using that interface, and so they're going to do it, you know. Um, 
like my home game players would never do that. They just talk to each other in real life when they see each other. Um, but the people who are playing over G plus will always be like, oh, what was in that room? You know, like, is there any way we can get that? And then if you have a, a big enough cloud of players, then you can really, it's also good. Um, I've been doing kind of tactical one shots where it's like a two hour game and um, I basically give the players a map or a diagram of the target and let them figure out what they want to do. So I can actually give them that diagram hours before the game even starts, and they can sort of hash things out. And then when it's actually game time, all we're doing is playing. They're sort of, you know, playing out what they've chosen. And so Very cool. I've given them some freedom, um, and it's not they're not railroaded into using one thing, but at the same time, I, uh, you know, I'm using the time during the you know, of course what always happens is they give up on the plan five minutes in but still the option was there well and the whole flail snails thing has really fostered a huge community too there's a lot of out of game flail snails conversations going on and people selling items amongst each other and, and trading information and such wait you can sell items amongst each other wow. oh yeah three headed mouse yeah. I kind of like my three headed mouse <laughs> <laughs> I we've got um, players who like to scheme in between. Um, they'll will stop at a particular spot and then they'll they'll, they'll they will they will hash over the same thing and 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 bring up all these weird crazy conspiracy theories on on G plus between games. It's great. I love reading it. <laughs> Gives you ideas for what to do. Definitely, <laughs> absolutely. There's been a couple of stories that have spawned as a result of those kind of conversations. <laughs> There's yeah, a guy I also called the Lazy Jim who advocates just attacking players until they come up with some plan of their own for what is explaining why they're being attacked, and then that becomes the reality of why they're being attacked. So you just keep throwing assassins, and they're like, it's the Duke's men, I know it. And you're like, yes, it is the Duke's men. And then you just go with that, and you never have to prep for anything. <laughs> Yes, that's a great idea. Play another paranoia. Yeah, I had a game where um, I just put up a situation map. Basically, uh, it was a, a Marvel superheroes game, so I just was like, okay, Ultron has taken Los Angeles, and Modok has taken Chicago, and uh, the Mandarin has taken Beijing, and I just put up a big map of all the different things that happened, and I said. You get together, whoever wants to be in, get together a team of five players uh, with five superheroes from the, from the, the site, because uh, that game is free now, um, and then tell me what time you want to play and which objective you're going after. So, and then once you've got all your shit together, you contact me and tell me what it is, and then I'll run the game. So that actually cut out a huge headache for me. I just had to create the sandbox, and then everybody else was in charge of scheduling. Um, and then and and then I have a cross continuity between all the different groups. So every time something changes on the map, I just change the map and put it up again, so people can keep track of like Russia, northeastern Russia is pretty much gone now because Deadpool <laughs> and uh, Death's Head were up there, and they don't really communicate well. Um, but the president is safe. We'll be glad to know. Um, <laughs> okay. I think the problem is it's like it's it's a question no longer that because Deadpool. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Alright, so I only set this up until 8, and it's 8.15 now, but I figure since we're still talking, I would just leave it go. So let's, like, pick one more question to answer. Michael R. dropped a link in the chat of, do you have any um, links for friendly online icebreakers? That was the question that was dropped on the actual Indie, post, Indie Plus post. Yeah, I'll pull out my links for that as soon as we're done here, and I'll put that in there. But mine, like what Zach said earlier, you just throw them into a, an interesting situation to start the game off, and things will kind of work themselves out. Combat I've, I've played is with a icebreaker. Yeah, exactly. And to tell you the truth, that all the, the people I've played with on Google+, and all the times I've run games, there's only been once or twice out of probably 100 people I've played with where I've run into a situation where it's been like, I don't want to play with that person again. It's been... Overwhelmingly positive. Mm -hmm. I well, mean, the social aspect brings that into it. I mean, people know each other, and you tend not to circle people who they don't like, and so the whole community, all the circles being shared, ends up being a pool of people who really care about gaming. Yeah, I mean, for now, as of like this year, the Google Plus community of gaming that exists now grew out of existing social networks that were already there. Um, and so right now, it's very much like if you are playing with a GM who's played a lot, it's because that person who gets to run games a lot because that person has been saying, been interesting to people and has been cool to people for a long time, and those people know each other and blah, blah, blah. In a few years, it'll probably change uh, because it will have it will grow past mm -hmm. what it's it is. Like, right, right now, it's kind of... crazy um, right now. I mean, there's tons of new games yeah. coming out constantly, and people are picking it up like left and right. I love it. Yeah, and of course, everybody who's an indie game designer is testing their stuff, yeah. and so yeah. those people are people who have had to build community and be cool with people and stuff, and so those people are kind of... I mean, a lot of... you know, There's, there's, there's the actual... There's the people, the game designers, there's uh, people who are like... who've been just building community. And there's people who've just showed up and been really good players, and so people have been sharing around, and that's kind of where it is now. Uh, in a few years, it might just get to be like any other forum, but right now, it's just all people who are pretty into games and will help each other out. So, uh, and, and a lot of those people are... You know them every day from talking to them on Google+. Plus. So, so yeah. if you see this person post constantly about how nobody understands their true genius and that, you know... Friedrich Nietzsche was brilliant and people should focus more on how to apply his theories to their personal life, then, you know, like, don't play with that guy. That's not a good idea. So is this but, why nobody's been playing with me? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, so I'm just so using you that, that post as like your twice filter. A day and, you know, so now it's coming out. God damn. All right. I, I think if you, if you have a lot of people that are you're interacting with, is something I try to do is post open-ended questions... And that's a great way of filtering out what kind of games people are interested in. You know, if I, I the other day I posted a picture of some funky-looking mushrooms, and I said, "You find these in a dungeon and you eat them. What happens to you?" Well, there's like 75 replies, and each one is totally different. One person's like, "It makes your head melt," and another person is talking about how it turns you into a fairy or something. You know, I mean, like you can totally see how people's games are running totally different from yours. And if you ask enough of those questions, you can start to get a good picture of who's really like you and who's probably playing a very different game from what you are interested in playing. 
No, and don't be afraid to play with people that you've never met before or run for people that you've never met before, even on Google+. Plus, A lot of my players are people that I met for the first time when I just put a public post out saying, hey, I want to run this kind of game. Who wants to play? And they've all turned out to be great people, and I play with them in multiple games now and run in multiple games for them, too. That's the only way I've run with people on Google+. Plus. I didn't know anybody mm -hmm. before I started running on here. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, with the exception of people like um, pretty much everyone that I play with, I've either just gotten to know through Google Plus or has just been I've gotten to know them since having played a game with them. Yeah, um, exactly. That's that's how it works. I mean, that's pretty much if you're going to start out. I mean, like the important thing is is if you want to run a game, chances are you're going to be running a game for people that want to play that kind of game. So that's again, like that'll be the audience that you'll have. So. Yep. And I talked about this on uh, when I was on Fear the Boot about the the fact that everybody who's joining up for this game is really totally committed. Unlike in your real life game, where there's like the guy who just agreed to play Star Wars because that's what was up next, that's and he doesn't really yeah, care exactly. about Star Wars. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I guess I'll play this time around. You're able to assemble groups for specific experiences, unlike having this one group that you have to, like, lowest common denominator out every time and be like, okay, well, we can get everybody to agree to run this particular game, but nobody even really is excited about it except for this one dude, and he's way too excited <laughs> compared to how excited everybody else is, so then he's disappointed in how much you, you aren't into it like he is, and it just devolves. Like, if, if you form a group ad hoc and you're like, we're going to play Vampire Dark Ages and it's going to work exactly like this. And people are like, that sounds awesome. And they all join it. Well, they're not going to be disappointed in that game because they, they, they came bringing all that energy and, and drive. And you know, it's totally different from... That's why I've completely given up, except for in like a convention environment, playing in real life anymore because of all those limitations are just wiped away. Yeah, Google well, Plus I is Stacy's game because it's Stacy. I would never play a white wall. If that's what you're gonna do with Stacy, I gotta get on I gotta get in on some of your games too, because like I don't enjoy White Wolf games in the slightest. But I know you and you run great games from what I've heard and seen, so I kinda wanna play them now because I bet you run them great. Yeah, um, I mean I think you know, Zach run Monty Cooks vampire and watch like the universe collapse <laughs> as that occurs we get along we get along all right <laughs> um, but yeah that's a great thing about uh running games over g plus hangouts is because like the most niche game like the most sort of like something that you couldn't get your friends to run you couldn't get them to play at all you can do that over google plus and have people be excited about it like I've been, want, I've been dying to run like a homebrew game for something like Mass Effect. Uh, the only person who would ever be willing to do that in the area that I know is my ex-wife. Um, so, wow. but I mean, if I posted that on Google Plus, which I'm hoping to do soon, I'm, I imagine that there will probably be like five or six people that would be totally down for that. At least. There's another cool thing though, where if you know enough people on G Plus. You actually will feel find real life people who live near you too, yeah. um, which is cool. Like uh, yeah. I've actually found a whole bunch of people who live near me that, uh, or who are going to be in LA, um, who I would totally I would play with um, that I wouldn't know otherwise um, because I'm just playing with the people I know, you know. Um, 
I met several people at DragonCon this year that I only know through Google Plus until you know, I never would have picked them out of the crowd at DragonCon and go, "Hey, tell me about yourself." But I know that person, so we had lunch one day or something like that. You know, it's that kind of you can find people you'd never get contact with before. Okay, one last question, just because I think it's a great question. Craig asked it earlier, actually. He said, Greg recently had an interview where he was asked if one-on-one -on -one gaming at the table possessed certain social interactions that can't be simulated online. Greg rebutted that G Plus Hangouts actually have each player with all eyes on you whenever you interact, not seated to the side of you, etc. How do the other panelists feel about the general interaction level dynamic of at the table versus in Hangout? Is there a difference in all of their experiences? They're totally different, but they're both fun. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it, like the my home game is my home game, and and it's a totally different experience in a lot of ways. But I've had some of my favorite game moments ever just playing on G Plus with people I only knew from G Plus. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of you know a generalist statement, but I find that a lot of times Google Plus Hangout games, your moments are a lot of times based around the game, but in your real life, the moments are based off of, you know, usually you know the people, you have more social things, a little bit more, you know, out of character chat, but it, those are great, great moments too, but on online, until you get to know the people, it's more you have great story moments, you have great in-game moments, you have great, you know, epic, uh, you know, boss fights or whatever, and, you know, that becomes what binds you together as a group. And unlike a con, you can always just say you have technical problems and leave, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you're having a convention and people are annoying, then you have to kind of walk away or pretend to be sick. <laughs> I've had to do that. That is always the pits. God, but if you, you know, I mean, if you really are nervous. I mean, I guess what we're saying is right now the Google Plus community is largely vetted, um, and all the psychos are not here. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, it makes it uh, that way. Yeah, I'm going to have nightmares now based on Zach's comments here because I'm going to imagine RPG Net people joining Google Plus in mass. <laughs> <laughs> and no, this is like an apocalyptic vision. If this gets linked to RPG Net, I'm sure. I, we are sure you were all wonderful people. <laughs> I know a lot of like totally awesome on forums who are like, I don't see what's so great about Google Plus. I uh, like. I don't have anybody in my circles and no one talks to me and, and, and I'm like that's what's great about it like, <laughs> 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 built a firewall around you and your weird obsession with seven you know like well that's nice <laughs> we'll see how I think about Google Plus too I mean people have to put their real names up here and you're seeing people face to face so you don't have that anonymity of, of a forum where you can just be a dick and people won't call you on it or not talk to you again yeah. whereas on Google yeah. Plus I mean you're actually looking someone in the eye when you're when you're playing the game so uh, unless they're just a JPEG on the screen Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But then you have to look their JPEG in the eye. <laughs> most people use most people use a picture of themselves so it's very hard to be mad at a picture of Stacy compared to an icon with like some bear that annoys me. I might so, like if I if I have to actually say the mean thing to her face. It's very different. Or you actually have to they have to hear your voice say. Yeah. Yeah. That would be yeah. yes, that would be very very different. It's a little different. The only downside I've found to 
Google Plus Gaming is just the crosstalk, like people talking over each other, which I think I just did to Stacy. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, that is literally the only downside I have found of G Plus Gaming so far. And usually that's everybody's pausing and saying, okay, you go first, and then just like we just did. <laughs> we should also say, like, I don't think I've heard of a game that hasn't been played. I mean, the people who are here represent, like, probably like, people who know each other, and so we're not, you know, it's not the full spectrum of games, but I haven't heard of a game that I haven't seen someone talk about running on this platform. Like, yep. Exalted, Dogs in the Vineyard, whatever, you know, oh, yeah. um, there there is a game. So if you can, you know, if, you, if you've heard of the game, it's probably, and there are games that no one would ever like I like uh, Scott was running a game of AD and D with all the rules, straight, <laughs> you know, uh, as an experiment. Um, <laughs> like you can just play the weirdest, most niche thing. Is that possible. even possible? Well, and and what were there with like no three? house rules? He did put it on hiatus, so <laughs> I'm just saying it sounds you know that's yeah. like. Wow. Well, like I remember for the first couple of weeks of this, there were like. Three Empire of the Petal Throne games. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably more Petal Throne that was getting played like, ever. all at once than ever <laughs> in the of the game, except when Barker started it. I've yeah, seen more collectors' item books on Google Plus than I've ever seen in my real life. People are like, look at this book that's the original in the case from like 1976, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right now, you are looking at two copies <laughs> oh, God damn of, of the Cthulhu deities and demigods. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I am writing in one of them because <laughs> I've got two. F you. Um, Something I also helps us to cultivate context even with games that you're not going to play you know because there's a there's a lot of games I'm, I'm not a big story game person but there's a lot of people that i'm connected to on g plus and i talk to that are that are playing games i'm, I'm t never going to play really um unless that, you know somebody shows up and says that you got to play with me right now and but by talking to those people if somebody else is looking to play in one of those games i can direct them to talk to that person you can no, also I, I, I bring that up really fast by going, okay, GM off. Like, oh, you think you're you think you're right and I'm wrong? We'll GM off in an hour, and whoever gets you know gets some random players and play. Battle of the GMs. Yeah, like, uh, you know, it's if you're, you know, that's a it's a great you know, and if they refuse, well. So so you're so you're essentially saying that. Uh, Google Plus is equivocal to Thunderdome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. But well, I mean, I mean, actually, that is, that, that's, that's a fairly apt analogy, I think. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of gaming discussions devolve to, well, you can't X, Y, Z. And you go... That's true. There well, tons of people who, like, it's not possible to do these things. I know that sounds weird because I just said uh, the thing about ADD. But, you know, they say... It's not possible to have fun if you're doing running a game in a particular way. I see Zach... Go run into conflicts with people all the time over that. They say, "Hey, uh, you know, you can't possibly have this work this way." And he's like, "No, I definitely can do that." We just did. Yeah, yeah. We, I like played that on Friday, and it's like totally. They have, they have no recourse. It's like, guess what? It was fun. I mean, 
in a in a more serious note, I mean, the, a weird thing about uh, RPGs in general is like, unlike everybody talking about a movie or a book, when you're all talking about a game, you're not all talking about the same cultural object. Like when I play a game, that's me and five people I know doing one thing, and when you play that same exact game, same edition, you're doing something completely different somewhere else. And so there's no shared cultural experience that you can point to this part and go, oh, five minutes in, this happened, and this, you know, which you could do with a book or a movie or something. But now that you've got lots of real games, people playing each other's games, and you've got uh, recorded games, you can point and you can go like to a real thing. So it's a it's a moment where you've got a lot of, there's a lot of if you're into like the ideas about game design and shared, you know, uh, shared experience and, and how it really works, you can actually talk for the first time about literally the same thing. Like, all of us can get online and learn a lot about how Changeling works by watching one of Stacy's games, because we could all just be like, this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and it worked because of this and this and this, and it wouldn't have worked if we had done this and this and this. And with D&D, tons of people, like, nobody's spitting in the wind when they're like, ascending armor class or descending armor class? And they go, nobody understands Theka. Well, now we know, because you've played it with 50 people in two weeks, you know? And so you can be like, this system is hard. This one is you know? Uh, when I go, oh, you can hack Call of Cthulhu to pretty much run any system, well, like, we'll try it, and then, you know, it's true or not. So I think in a more general sense, it's just a really fun thing to have, to finally all be able to talk about the same thing, you know? Before we were all academics with small sample sizes. Yeah. And it was like, it's in these five instances that I've observed, this has occurred. Like, well, that's nothing compared to how many people are actually playing this game. Yeah. That's that's the other advantage Google Plus has over the forums. Is it's everyone actually playing and not just a bunch of people, you know, talking about playing and never actually doing this. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you wouldn't, right now anyway, you wouldn't be here unless you wanted to play, you know? Um, so, yeah. And for those who aren't a part of the Google Plus community, I mean, like, please join up. Please, like, play in people's games. Like, start your own game. If Even if you have ideas that, like, if you haven't, like, I'm, I'm trying to get a couple of people I know into uh, running games, into GMing games. And oh, yeah. It's... It's one of those things where it's like it's a really good litmus test over whether you would sort of enjoy it because like all of the kind of hurdles that you will have as like just running games, you get them here, but it's in sort of like you're still at home. You're not in front of like all your friends. It's a safer environment because everyone knows you're starting out and they're eager to play with you. Like, yeah, you've never run games before. This is the place to do it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Remember, also- oh, yeah. November 11th to 17th is New GM Week on Google Plus. So everybody's going to try to run with someone who's never run before, and everybody who has never run before, you will be very kind to you. <laughs> I'm determined to get my ex-wife on here to run a game. Yeah, and to add, to add to Craig's question from earlier, you can, if you're running a game for the first time, you can put up a screen share or just turn off your video and you can talk in funny voices and you can do all sorts of stuff without having people yeah. looking at your face. That yeah, weird that, that's awkward. a big that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. a lot of the stuff that the you know, your brain processes is based on how you feel people are looking at you. 
And if you're able to right. negate that completely, then it, it is, it's totally different. I mean, there's no way to describe it until you've done that. You know, a, lot of, a lot of games and DMs also let people come in and just observe too. If you're not sure about what, what how this thing works or, or how it's going to look like, but actually in game, a lot of times you can just go in and sit and watch the game. You don't have to participate. You can keep your video and your your mic muted the whole time so people don't really know what you're doing while you're there. But that's another good way to kind of get an idea how it works. Like if you have a mixed group. Um, like I've had a couple where I have my regular group and I have one or two people coming in on a laptop or something. That is kind of a pain. Uh, so you want to organize around that and figure out where you want that person to sit. Make sure they can see some people and yeah. make sure they can hear you. And like that's like that's probably the hardest thing, but it's mm -hmm. rewarding and it's cool because you know you get somebody who's like on a business trip in Mongolia and you can still play and keep the group together. Um, uh, but it definitely takes a little bit of special consideration, but it works if you uh, if you put your effort in. I know you're not a big technology person, Zach, but I think one thing that's going to solve that, which is going to be cool, is the Google Glasses, because you'll get a first-person view in the Hangout. They've they've shown that demo before, so like you will be wearing the glasses, and then the players in the virtual Hangout get to see exactly what you're seeing on the table. I think that. Would well, be I'm, I'm sorry, Joshua. I, 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 all I can see is business-suited Mongols. Sorry, after you said all I can do, it's like okay, it's Mongols. I'm sorry. Please. Continue, continue. I'm sorry. No, I just, I just like as I'm a, I'm a gadget geek, so I think Google Glasses and Hangouts will kind of be an interesting exploration of combining the physical world with the virtual, so that we could all play a board game while I'm looking at the actual board and everyone can see what I'm seeing, which is a little bit different than what it is now. Then we all get cyber eyes. We'll be able to see it without actually having to have a screen. Yeah. We can all LARP Shadowrun real time. Dude, I'm totally going to play Changeling in my Shadowrun game as my Shadowrun character. Via Google Hangouts while we're on a run. That's going to be a thing. I'm not going to be able to do any of that. I just, like, if I, to the point where I get like an iPhone 4S, I will just have Siri be an NPC. Siri's <laughs> yeah. kind of boring, though. <laughs> I didn't say she would be a good NPC. I just said she'd be an NPC. <laughs> Okay, so this is the A and B. Speaking of the board game thing, guys, I don't know if any of you have ever tried the Vassal engine. That's another uh, another thing that Google I've found Google Plus is a, a good add-on to. Has anyone ever heard of that? The Vassal mm -hmm. engine allows you to play yeah, like... Yeah, uh, it's really good for running Magic Warrior. Right, exactly. And uh, that that's a good thing to run with, with a Hangout also. Cool. If you want to play Mech Warrior without actually um, spending your life fortune on minis... Can definitely right. do it on Vassal. Ernie, the old like Avalon Hill type work games. You don't want to spend two days setting up counters, and you know have yeah. that place to Axis and allies the the with the thirty-minute prep. Yep. All right, Stacy's hungry, so you cannot share snacks over Google Plus. Yeah, that's the downside. It's not like when you're done with the game. It's like, hey, you guys want to get together for? Oh wait, no. <laughs> There's no pizza. Well, actually, uh, we we have I have found that a lot of our hangouts, if we end up with a short group, they end up just being bullshit hangouts where people just sit around and talk about game stuff and have general conversations, and those are usually pretty fun too. You can't yeah. lose. Yeah, can't exactly. Lose. 
My husband heard me whining about being hungry and he's gonna go get Mexican food. <laughs> nice. <laughs> in, not it's... in Europe, I hope. It's like midnight right now for me, so. I'm in seeing Yeah, me too. Yeah, that happens a lot. You finish a game and somebody goes to work or something. Yeah. <laughs> I have people around the West Coast with me who finish a game and go to work at night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's great that you can accommodate those schedules. <laughs> yep. So exactly. I, before we wrap, does anybody have anything to pimp or uh, <laughs> mention or I don't know? I would pimp my blog, but it's in pieces right now, so that's impossible. No, I have another panel that I'm doing Thursday about virtual tools. That you know, I came here to talk about online game. I didn't come here to pimp Tabletop Forge. So that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on that one too. Right, that's that's Joe's doing that one. Right, when is that again? Thursday at same time slot as this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Awesome. I will be playing a game at that time, but I will definitely watch it afterwards. Yeah. Um. Just remember, November 11th to 17th is New GM Week. So yes, November 11th to 17th is New GM Week. So if you're watching this and you've never GM'd a game on Google Plus, you need to like jump in and do it, and we'll play and not make fun of you. Yeah, exactly. Now is the time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna get bothered. <laughs> uh, I I just want to say if you want to play every Saturday at three o'clock Central, I've got one game or the other running, and I welcome new players all the time. And Sean runs a wonderful game. Uh, one time, a bunch of his players, everybody in the game got caught and got captured in Castle Ember. And so then they put out a thing on Google Plus going, we need a rescue party for the <laughs> nice. group. Uh, and uh, I woke up early just to save them on a Saturday. Um, <laughs> but no, it's good. Um, See, emergent gameplay coming out of Google Plus. It's awesome. I've, uh, Kyle runs, uh, I, I ran a of D and D next play test with Kyle. Well, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, and I'm working on D and D next. Uh, I'm a consultant on it, and he did a great job. Um, and Stacy ran a very entertaining uh, changeling game. And the guy who wrote the damn game plays right. Well, the guy, the guy who wrote, wrote, well, yeah, yeah, we've had a few people, well, no, the guy who wrote Vampire Play, so Mark Reinhagen <laughs> plays on Sunday mornings, but we have, the Onyx Path retweets pretty much everything that I've got, we, we've had, actually, one of my character generations, Ian Watson, who's, who's, he's just basically their PR guy, but he also does some writing and stuff like that, he, um, he came in and actually talked to people about White Wolf stuff, it's really cool when you get, like, that kind of level of, 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 you know, you're not just playing with a bunch of other guys you got together with, you know, but you actually get to pull in a, a much different level of player. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you how much ass that kicks. That it's is a so blessing awesome. and a curse to know that you're you're about two degrees of separation from whatever game you're complaining about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The RPG community is surprisingly smaller than you might think, and people talk to each other and know each other, and it's it's. Very, very close knit. So if you wanted to run, you know, run something that is totally fresh, new to you, you could go find the person who made it yeah. and get them in the game with somebody else and and play it. Like it's just not even possible in real life. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously awesome. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, people. So there's 20 viewers left. Everybody say goodbye. Viewers. Bye, 20 viewers. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching the panel.